to the only pop culture podcast in the world. My name is Rick, and as always, I am joined by my wonderful co-host, the fifth brother to my Lord Vader, it's Robbie. Robbie, how you doing? You know what? I'm actually good because I like the fifth brother. And <laughs> while he's nowhere near as good as Darth Vader, I'd much rather be him than Reva. So you're going to take this one without complaints this week? 100% thank you for that one. That's all right. You're, you're more than welcome. You're more than welcome. Uh, before we get into it, just a couple of reminders. If you are here, please don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to follow us wherever you get your podcasts from. And don't forget to jump onto social media and follow us at The Only Pop Culture Pod on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, we'd very much appreciate it. Leave a leave a review, leave a five-star rating. You can't believe how much that actually helps us. So yeah, please, if you can get into it, uh, yeah, leave us, leave us a review. How's your, how's your weekend been? Uh, it's been pretty jam-packed, you know, just... Uh getting ready for my new job and playing footy and seeing family. Yeah. Just, just normal stuff. Yeah. Getting drunk with the footy team. Yeah. Yeah. That was, uh, was last night's events. Well, yesterday's events. Not really much of last night, but yeah, a lot of day drinking yesterday. And then, yeah, coming around here and getting grilled by my wife about how much <laughs> you're drinking. <laughs> <laughs> Which is bullshit because she's German. They invented drinking. <laughs> No, she's just a very judgy person, so. <laughs> oh, thank God she doesn't listen to this. Yeah, look, honestly, I'm a little bit disappointed. I have to, I have, she had her headphones in the other day connected wirelessly via Bluetooth and I had to get her phone, which was just charging at the time and change the podcast that she was listening to to our podcast to force her to listen to it. And I don't know if that says anything about our relationship or if that says more about the quality of our podcast, well, that my own wife won't listen to it. Well, considering that I'm a part of the podcast and not your relationship with your wife, I'm going to say it says more about the relationship with your wife because we both know that your wife loves me and thinks I'm a gem. Uh, I, I, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let that stand. <laughs> Well, speaking of alcoholic beverages, we have a cocktail to talk about. We had a bit of a hard time naming this one, but I mean, it's based on Darth Vader. So we just went to safe route and called it the Vader. You got a bit of a, I was actually quite proud of myself because I got this to separate quite nicely with the, uh, the black on top of the red. I was really, really happy about that. Yes, you did do a very good job, Rick. I, I, I feel like I'm getting better at the cocktail stuff. I don't, you know, I would... Very much not call myself an expert at this, but I'd like to think that I'm getting better. And I feel like the taste matchings and the pairings of the actual ingredients that are going in there are getting a little bit better. I liked it. I, I found this one went down quite easily. What about yourself? I did enjoy it. It did just taste like cordial. So yeah, yeah again, I <laughs> love cordial. It's not hard. It's not hard to drink. Throwing back to our um, Guilty Pleasures podcast where we just drank cruises and I stated that, you know, alcoholic cordial, that's my jam. <laughs> I just want something that's easy to drink, you know, and tastes okay. Not, you know, beer. Like, I get people like beer, but I also don't find beer the easiest thing to drink. That's your opinion. <laughs> this is why people think you're an alcoholic. Because I can drink beer. Yes. <laughs> While living in Australia. It's like just part of the culture. <laughs> yes. No. I, yeah. You're, you're right, Rick. Yeah. I, I'm an alcoholic. Just like the rest of this country. So yeah. you know what? <laughs> if that's what it means to be an Australian, so be it. Look, to be perfectly honest, it's not far from the truth. <laughs> if, we, if we are talking about Australia as a whole, uh, you know. Yeah. No, you... <laughs> Just based on the weekend I've had, I can't really disagree with you. <laughs> All right. So we are here to talk about episode three of Kenobi tonight. But before we do that, we just wanted to briefly touch on the latest MCU release that's coming out next week, Ms. Marvel. hasn't. I personally haven't seen a lot of talk and a lot of hype about this one. So I just wanted to, I guess, give it a couple of minutes here just to sort of touch on it. What's your, what's your level of excitement for Ms. Marvel? I'll be honest, I hadn't. I'd been kind of avoiding seeing anything about it because I just I never really was fussed about the character in its own like story. You know, if it, if it rocked up, if she rocked up in Avengers, I would have been like, oh, that's cool. So, but I was never really fussed about 
her having a series or a movie, but I watched the trailer before we started recording, and it looks pretty good, but I will say that I'm not really digging how they've done her superpowers, you know? The changing of the superpowers, you mean? Yes. Yeah. I think I would be pretty much in the same boat. I think after watching the trailer, it just looked like fun. Like it wasn't, I, it wasn't something that I think I'm going to go into and take seriously and get ready for, you know, the emotion, emotional slap in the face, like with Kenobi. But yeah, I think it's just something which I'm going to sit down and just watch it and have fun. But I think, yeah, I'm the same. I, I get, I do understand that they're kind of the stretching superpowers have been hard to make look good at times. So I think they're trying to steer clear of that. And they're also trying to link her in a little bit closer with Captain Marvel. But I would have liked to have seen her. (laughs) This is like last week where I complained about God Butcher not having a nose because it's not comic accurate. But again, it's not comic accurate. So, you know, fight me, I guess. But it's not, I'm not super happy about it. We just sound like a bunch of fussy boys, man. I'm not not saying that we're wrong, but I'm just, (laughs) you know, we, we complain about it a lot. But also... If it was right, we wouldn't. So exactly. Have, so yeah. have that. I feel, yeah, I don't know. I feel like if you're going to do Ms. Marvel, then I don't feel like it's necessary to change her. As I said, I do know that the CGI is hard to do, but again, it's their choice to bring Ms. Marvel to the screen. So I guess invest a bit more into the CGI. I don't know. But I, I still, like I said, I still think it's going to be fun. I also, I just don't like that it's coming out while they're still releasing Obi-Wan. I don't have time to watch both in one night. Yeah. You know? Yeah. We're busy people. We are. We have lives outside of this. You know, this is I mean, not much. <laughs> my, well, majority speak, speak for yourself, mate. Majority uh, of my life revolves around this. <laughs> you think you're better than me? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that makes me better than you. <laughs> well, either way. <laughs> yeah, it's just that like with uh, Moon Knight came out, there was nothing else going on. So it was like you can just like kind of commit to that. And then that was the could same take a bit. week to decompress after Moon Knight and relax a little bit. Yeah, and then you watch Multiverse of Madness. Obviously, that was just a movie in the cinema, but still, same thing. Nothing else was really interfering with that. And now we've got Kenobi, and Kenobi's been going well, but now they're going to throw Miss Mar- Ms. Marvel on top of it. And I'm going to try and watch both in the same night because why wouldn't I? But I don't know. I'd, I'd rather be focused on one story at a time. You know what I mean? I just think as adults, we're just going to have to learn to pace ourselves and not try and force it all into one night. Speak for yourself, bro. I'm 23, (laughs) all right? I will do what I damn please. (laughs) I'm sorry. I didn't realize that was such a touchy subject. No, it is because you're going to say we're we're both adults. You're nearly 40, Rick. Wow. (laughs) Wow. That was completely unnecessary. And You're closer to 40 than I am to 30. Get out of here. I thought you were going to say, I'm closer to 40 than 30. And I was like, well, no, that's not how basic maths works. I forget how old you are sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's get into Kenobi then. So we'll do a quick, quick run through the plot again. We talked about this already. We don't think that there's a huge amount of plot, but there there is a lot that happens, but not a lot of plot points that happen at the same time. So... We start off with Obi-Wan and Leia after they've escaped in their cargo transport, cruising along really slowly. Obi-Wan's trying to reach Qui-Gon, his deceased former master, through the Force once again and failing, having some flashbacks. They finally make it to their destination, which is Mapuzo, a mining planet which has been occupied by the Empire. Surprise, surprise. Of course. They then have a bit of a stroll around the planet trying to find the contact that they're trying to reach. Again, not really knowing whether or not the contact is going to show up. Obi-Wan is very skeptical at the time. They end up getting picked up by a very friendly local by the name of Freck, who is voiced by Seth Rogen. (laughs) I love that. No, sorry. No. He wasn't voiced by Seth Rogen. He was voiced by Zach Braff from Scrubs. Was he really? Yeah, JD from Scrubs. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, it sounded a lot like Seth Rogen. Yeah, so. <laughs> no, you did. That's why I was like, what the f- that? <laughs> uh, From there, they meet some stormtroopers. They have a bit of a chat on the back of the truck. And then Obi-Wan gets made by an Imperial probe, which sends back a message to the Inquisitors and Darth Vader that Obi-Wan has been found. Obi-Wan escapes with the help of a secret agent within the Imperial, I guess you could call them. 
And from there, they make it into a bit of a safe house where they have a underground <laughs> underground railroad-like kind of escape <laughs> to, uh, to get Obi-Wan and Leia off. Before they get the opportunity to escape, though, the Inquisitors arrive. And with the Inquisitors comes Vader, who strolls through the village, wreaking havoc to try and lure Obi-Wan Kenobi out. And it does partially work. Leia and their new friend, the former Imperial agent, sneaks out through the the back path. And Obi-Wan tries to lure Vader away from them by running into a bit of a mining facility there. And we then proceed to have the first meeting of Obi-Wan and Vader since the... In the last 10 years. Yeah, well, since since the Battle of Mustafar. And it doesn't go well for Obi-Wan. He gets a bit manhandled by Darth Vader. He eventually gets rescued by their new friend Tala. And Darth Vader leaves. And Tala is to take Obi-Wan to Jabim to meet their, their friends that are helping them out. In the meantime, Leia, who is still running down this secret path, is confronted by Reva, the third sister. And that's kind of where we end with Reva finding Leia and the chase seemingly being over. Is it Reva or Reva? Reva? Reva. I'm not sure. My bad. <laughs> it's all right, bro. Just don't do it again. Yeah, I'll try my best. Uh, I think it's, uh, it's Reva. Reva? Yeah. That's what I said. Yeah, I know. I didn't correct you. I just asked you. And then, oh. you, and then you switched up on me because you got scared. Well, I don't know. You corrected me, so I thought you knew. Nah, don't, don't play it like that, bro. Oh, my goodness. Don't. Now you're putting this on me. Uh, I wouldn't say that. But... <laughs> Anyways, that's the plot. That's kind of the, the main gist of what happens here. What were your initial thoughts? Um, I enjoyed this episode uh, an incredible amount, Rick. No, um, I thought it was great. I loved it. I loved how, like, I was just scared for a lot of it, you know what I mean? Because, like, Obi-Wan's just, like, he's, like, hiding and he's obviously very reluctant to face Darth Vader. Yeah. So he's kind of just, like, I'm over here, but don't catch me. And then, you know, obviously he gets caught and then he gets rolled around in some fire, just a little bit of Mustafarian revenge. Yep. And it'd be interesting to see what kind of injuries he has in the next episode because they didn't really show it. Yeah, I mean, he gets in the back to tank. I think those minor burns won't take too long to heal up. Yeah, well, we'll see. Well, I mean, he can't. I suppose he can't really be hurt because he's supposed to look like um, Alec Guinness. Maybe that's what makes his hair turn white. Maybe that's what aged him 35 years. <laughs> Do you know, Ewan McGregor is, I think, 12 years younger than Alec Guinness was in A New Hope. So the difference between their age, you know, this is, I think, what is it, 10 years before A New Hope, is not that, is not that much. Like, it's actually quite small. So... You think of how old Alec Guinness looked in A New Hope and then like take 10 years away from that. Do you think that we end up with what Ewan McGregor is right now? No, absolutely not. No, <laughs> no absolutely not. So, I mean... That can't be true. No, I'm pretty sure it is. I'm not willing to believe that was I'm true. I'm pretty sure it is. You can Google it if you like, but I'm pretty certain that that's the case. And I'm just going to chalk it up to uh, the harsh environments of the twin sons of Tatooine that just age him rapidly. Alec Guinness was born in 1914. Yeah. What year was the New Hope released? 77, I think. Okay, now um, help me out with the math. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, 63 years old, if I can do my maths all right. Yes, that is correct. Cool. Um, so how old is Ewan McGregor? Oh, I don't know. Are you Googling? I wasn't. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I, just, I just knew that he was born in 1914. If he's 51, then we've just wasted a lot of time to prove me right again. A few moments later. How old did you say he was? He's 51 years old. So? So that means that he's 12 years younger than Alec Guinness was when yeah, he no, filmed. That is absolutely outrageous. How crazy is that? So, yeah, like we are not far from what Obi-Wan is supposed to look like at this point in time. Ewan McGregor must be shitting himself. Why? To think that in 12 years he could look like Alec Guinness. <laughs> I honestly don't think that He happens. looks incredible right now. He truly, he looks great. He's barely aged since he did Revenge You and McGregor City. would have to go through some shit to look like yeah. Alec Guinness. <laughs> yeah, like a room full of cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> I can't see it happening. I can't see it happening at all. Damn, I want to look like that when I'm 51. 
Oh, actually, no, fuck it. I'll look like that now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if any point in my life I look like you and McGregor, I'm going to be happy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Rick, I don't want to be like that, but you'd have to grow like half a head of hair back. Hey. <laughs> I can look like <laughs> Gotcha. <laughs> Rude. I could look like you and McGregor in train spotting when he shaves his head. You've got the youthfulness of you you and McGregor, but the haircut of Alec Guinness. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's worse because Alec Guinness had hair. Mine's not like turning grey, it's just falling out. Mm, that is unfortunate. I would much rather be grey. My friend found a grey hair in my head the other day. I almost I almost lost my shit. Oh, you poor thing. <laughs> <laughs> Rick, I'm 23. What am I stressed out about? <laughs> Dude, I was going bald at 23. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, well, maybe for you. <laughs> yeah, bro, you seeing these curls? They're not going anywhere. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah, a little off topic. Let's not talk about my hair because it is... Depressing. Almost <laughs> Almost as depressing as the theme of Obi Wan Kenobi at the moment. But let's talk. Let's talk about the TV show that we actually came here to talk about. Let's. I want to start off with talking about. Let's go through it a little bit, like in chronological order here. Let's talk about their trip from Dayu to Mapuzo. Mapuzo on the cargo hold. We've got Obi Wan trying to reach Qui Gon via the Force, and then we get some flashbacks and. Leia asking him to speed the ship up using the Force. <laughs> that was funny. We get the classic, that's not really how it works. That's not how the Force works. And my favorite line, I think probably in this entire episode, and I think it really speaks to the trauma of what Obi-Wan's gone through. When Leia asks him, what's the Force like? What's it like to use the Force? And he asks her, "What's? Well, have you ever been... Scared of the dark. Have you ever been afraid of the dark? How does it feel when you turn on the light? I feel safe. Yes, it feels like that. The, the thing that I thought about after hearing that was like, man, how broken must Obi-Wan be that he hasn't connected to the Force in nine years? Yeah. You know, like it's this sense of safety and comfort for him. And that he is so broken and so, you know, afraid and wrecked from the shit that he's gone through that he hasn't connected to that set, that sense of safety or comfort for nine years. I think that, like, that for me was one of the best insights that we had into Obi-Wan and his psyche so far in this series. Yeah, until the series, though, I always thought that, like, him disconnecting was always, like, kind of his way of... It just made it easier for him to stay hidden. Yeah, like it, like his his whole his whole job is to take to make sure that Luke is okay. Yeah, you know, um, and if he's out there, you know, practicing Jedi ways and whatnot, he's gonna eventually attract attention to himself. And yeah, like like they've proven so far in just the first episode, no one ever rats out the Jedi. Yeah, um, but people talk about them. You know? Yeah, yeah, and then the word travels so. And as the uh, the Grand Inquisitor says, they can't really help themselves in doing the right thing. So that's right. They make it known that they're around. Yeah. So obviously, yeah, it'd, it'd be like going off of the analogy that he used, like for him to just like turn the lights back off on himself. That'd be really hard, but it's also f- somewhat for the greater good. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I can, I can, I can definitely understand that. But then also, yeah, my my thought of it just being like, well, shit, he is putting himself through some shit. For this, for the either for this cause or for the sake that he's ashamed of who he is, kind of thing. Oh yeah, no, hundred percent. Then we get uh, they're on Mapuzo, and we get a glimpse of Anakin on the hill. Obi Wan somewhat hallucinating at seeing it in his mind. Did you recognize that it was Anakin? I didn't. No, I, I neither can, did I. I can truly say that I didn't. I had to pause it, rewind, pause it. And got right up close. I still can't tell who that is. And I had to search later on for a zoomed in image to figure out that it was Anakin. <laughs> and I feel a little bit ashamed to admit that, but I could not tell that that was Anakin. Yeah. Well, like I said, I I had no idea. And until you told me about it before we started recording, you were like, oh yeah, that was Anakin on the hill. I was just like, 
I pretended like I knew. <laughs> I had, Played it off cool. I had no idea what you were talking about. So I'm very glad that this was something that wasn't easy for you. Well, I had to... So I paused it. And again, I turned to Gordon. I was like, can you tell who that is watching this? I can't see who that is. And she's like, ah, oh, it looks like like a white face, like pale and scarred. And I was like, is this fucking Boba Fett? Have they brought in Boba Fett? I thought I saw Boba Fett at the very start of the first episode. Oh, really? Yeah, and it is... It is um, what's that? Tamara Morrison? Yeah, it is him. Whether or not it's Boba Fett is, you know... Are you that, talking about the clone? Well, the Fiber First guy? Yeah. No. Oh, okay, <laughs> I was going to say... No, no, I was no, like, no, yes, this, that was no, Tamara Morrison, is, but no, that was not Boba Fett. No, this is literally when the Grand Inquisitors first land in Tatooine. Oh, really? I'll, I recorded it on Snapchat to send to my friend. I'll show you after we're done. Ah, no, I didn't see that. Yeah, it's I, I saw it. It was like... Because they were, when the Grand Inquisitors got off the shuttle, they kept like panning through like the crowd that was there. And I was like, oh, I know someone's going to be in there. Yeah, I'm watching it very closely. Yeah, and then I saw clone dudes. <laughs> Why can't I never remember his name? Boba Fett? Yeah, I saw no, the actor. The actor, Tamara Morrison. Uh, yeah, Tamara Morrison. I saw him and I was just like, ha got your ass. <laughs> and like, he's wearing like the raggedy robes like Boba. So I was like, oh, that could be Boba. But then my friend was like... It's probably just like a defective, like a yeah, a clone that's like defective. Yeah, but it, it wouldn't be like Raggedy Boba either because this is set before that time. Is it? Yeah. Well, the Book of Boba Fett is set after Return of the Jedi. Oh, of course. Yeah, because, so. you know, he goes in the Sarlacc pit and comes yeah, out of the Sarlacc pit. Yeah, and... yeah, no, I'm a big idiot. So, yeah, yeah. It's, just, it's just some random clone. But still, I saw him. <laughs> but I, I swear he was there. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> I'm so proud of myself. But yeah, that's a that's a bit of a glimpse into how distracted Obi-Wan really is with the news of finding out that Anakin is still alive uh, in the form of Darth Vader. We then get Obi-Wan and Leia getting picked up by a local, Freck, the local, very friendly. Were you suspicious of Freck? No, I wasn't. I was so suspicious of Freck. And again... <laughs> I, was, I was like... Once they would, once he was talking to them, once they got on, you know, yeah, because like he was asking like a lot of questions. He was way too friendly, and yeah, but like when he first came up, I was just like, oh yeah, whatever. And then yeah, obviously he was asking all his questions, and then they, um, the troopers got on board, and they were like, oh hey, Frank. I was like, oh shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big Get imperial guy, them, that Frank. Big imperial guy. Yeah, big fan. Yeah. Big ups the Empire. Loves, loves order. <laughs> yeah. Nothing wrong with a bit of order. Peace and order. That's all the Empire's ever done. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so, no big deal. No, it's, um, yeah, as soon as they got on there and he was just over the top friendly, I was like, oh, this dude's bad. This dude's bad news. And I don't think he's actually a bad guy. I just think that it was, you know, he's obviously a big Imperial sympathizer, realizes that they're looking for Jedi takes them to the outpost and like, oh, maybe you guys should check him out. Yeah, he's. I don't think he thinks he's doing the wrong thing. Just, you know, he's betraying our heroes. So clearly not a good dude. Did he? He escaped, didn't he? Uh, Obi-Wan knocked him out. Oh, yeah. Like hit him in the back of the head with a blaster. So he escaped with his life. So yeah. he's, he's lucky. He's lucky. He's lucky. But also, how good is Obi-Wan with a blaster? I felt like he was too good. I'm know? also, at that point... You know, you've already been made by the Imperial Probe. Just bring out the lightsaber. Yeah, right? but I feel like he's still like in denial about it. Yeah. I mean, he clearly doesn't want to use it. Yeah, because like, even when he's faced with Vader, he's only using it to like escape. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like even, even when like they're in like the kind of like dual mode. Yeah. He's literally just blocking and like running. I don't know if you'd call it a duel, to be honest, but we can talk about that a little bit later. <laughs> we'll yeah, get, well, we'll get all, to all that. I meant was like he wasn't just like like he was at least facing Vader, blocking head on rather than like just like running and like blocking whatever's run like he's swinging at his feet. Yeah, yeah. But in the back of um go just quickly back to the uh the truck ride with Freck, we have Obi-Wan blowing their cover quite clumsily. Oh, that was pathetic. <laughs> that was so I felt really bad for my guy. Because <laughs> he was like, 
remember, you're my daughter. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. And then he fucks up. I was just like, bro. Leia, be quiet. It's like, oh, dude. <laughs> you're supposed to be better than this. <laughs> yeah. Like, come on, man. Like, for real. The kid was supposed to fuck that up. And we wouldn't have been mad at that. And he covers it up. He covers it up pretty quickly. But, yeah, if you expect, you expect much better from Obi-Wan at that point. I wanted to know, though, when Leia asks him about her real dad, did your heart break? Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a human being. <laughs> and then we get a bit of a glimpse into Obi-Wan and his past, uh, remembering a brother. Yeah. Which is pretty fucking wild. I reckon there might be the potential that we see an Obi-Wan brother. Maybe. But... Not a good look for the Jedi, in my opinion. The whole story of them, you know, him being taken when he was, I think he said it was two years old or something like that, just didn't that's, make the Jedi look good. That's been common knowledge for youngsters. I know, but it hasn't in the, you know, in the movies, in the TV shows, that kind of thing, it hasn't been expressly said. Well, it, well, like even in um, Phantom Menace, everyone's favorite Star Wars movie, um, <laughs> When they take Anakin, Anakin's like what, eight or nine? Nine, yeah. Nine, ten. I think he's not Doesn't nine. matter. Yeah. But anyway, they go, yeah, he's, he's still too old. They were like, he is way too old to be here. Yeah. You know? And, <laughs> and like, well, bro, he's a kid. What do you want? I'm like, we want babies, please. Yeah. Infants, if you can. Yeah. So it's like, you know, it was always, it was always around. Yeah. But again, like, never expressly in, stated to me. Well, if you've watched The Clone Wars, Rick, which I have. Well, then you would know that they do it. Yeah, I know, but it's not like it's still gross. I don't understand where you're coming from. Why? You you're talking about how it's like not stated, but there's like multiple um, examples of it. Well, it's stated. It's like they have one arc in the Clone Wars, and then they have you know they're saying that Anakin is too old. But they don't go around saying that they're kidnapping children at the age of two. They don't kidnap them, though. They do. They don't. It's basically child abduction. No, look, it is, but they sugarcoat it. And they at least have the human decency to sugarcoat it. Yeah, but sugarcoating it doesn't make it better. No, it doesn't, but not, sugarco- <laughs> but not sugarcoating it does make it worse. Yes, but it's still child abduction. Absolutely. Jedi is a cult. <laughs> right. That's what would, I'm saying. Would I join it? I would join it tomorrow. <laughs> you, know, you know, I'm not. I'm not going to sit here and lie to you. Why would I? Would you? Would you not want that, Rick? I mean, yeah. Look, if I had the ability to wield a lightsaber and use the Force, a hundred percent. But as a two-year-old, I don't really have the capacity to make that choice. That's right. Your parents do. do yeah, they, and I think do from, they love you? For, <laughs> do they want to take you away from this life of awesomeness? That's right. <laughs> They'd be like, damn, I would have loved to have had that. I hope my kid does too. See you never. I don't know. I I know what you're saying. It's still gross. It's still very gross behavior from the Jedi. <laughs> I don't see anything wrong with it. I think more people should do it. Well, also the fact that, you know, the the savior of the galaxy, Luke Skywalker, didn't start his training until 19. I feel like there's a precedent that it doesn't necessarily have to be at that cat. You know, they don't have to start that early. Yeah, well, I mean... Uh, when Luke starts his Jedi Temple, he doesn't go kidnapping children, you know? We don't know that yet. I mean, in the EU, at least. Yeah, okay. I mean, he did take Grogu. I mean, Grogu's 50. Grogu is older than Luke, okay? <laughs> Grogu's older than me. I don't want to hear shit about it. Grogu <laughs> He's was, 50. Grogu was at the Jedi Temple, okay? Cross he the was, old man. <laughs> he was already there, all right? Nah. He's, yeah, I mean, he's 50, but his species lives until they're 900 years old. Okay. And he's essentially like, you know, from what we see of Grogu, he's an infant, right? Like the mental capacity of an infant. I mean, yeah, but... Again, but Grogu if- doesn't make the best life decisions either. I know. He yeah. nearly committed genocide on Frog Lady. I mean, I, I was just going to say that he... um. He gave up a lightsaber for some chainmail, you know? That's No, he gave up a lightsaber for his dad. Pedro Pascal yeah. is not Baby Yoda's dad. He basically. Adopted father. Okay, I'll allow it. <laughs> He's part of the family. <laughs> Interspe- interspecies family. 
All right, let's let's change tack here and we'll talk about the Inquisitors for a little bit because I have come around on Reva. Yeah, well, you know, she's not everyone's cup of tea at first, but, you know, I you eventually realize that she's actually pretty cool. Yeah, look, I took a pretty hard stance on her last week. I, you know, called her the little sister, big little sister energy. But the more I'm watching this, the more I'm realizing that she is the only person that's actually capable of doing anything in there. And now I don't like the fifth brother, who is just, he's <laughs> <laughs> just a petty little bitch that, yeah, complaining about, oh, I'm going to be the next in line. I'm the next in line for the Grand Inquisitor. It's like, dude, you're not doing anything. I already told Lord Vader. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that's like, oh, man. You're taking credit for her work now. Like <laughs> this is so lame. So I am. Uh, I've actually switched. I'm on Team Reva. <laughs> I'm on. Te- I'm obviously 100% Team Obi Wan. Well, you can't be if you're on Team Reva. Yeah, was... but it's like as far as the Inquisitors are concerned. Well, know, I'm actually. I'm, I'm, team... I'm actually Team Owen Lars. So, <laughs> who we've gotten two minutes of in the entire series so far. Yeah, well, it was a good two minutes. It was. <laughs> he wasn't scared of Reva. That's true. Owen Lars is a certified badass, mm-hmm. but yeah, no, I um, yeah, I wanted to, I wanted to go on the record now and say that I am on board with Rather. I'm looking forward to seeing how her story unfolds. I can't wait till the next episode and she does something so stupid that you just yeah. go. Uh, I'd like to revoke my previous statement. I've fallen back. I've, I've, I don't like Rever anymore. <laughs> Rick's just going to keep playing ping pong with his his feelings forever. Every episode, every uh, look, she's a very complex character, you know. And is I still, she? I still think, is and- she really? <laughs> I want to be the Grand Inquisitor. So I don't I'm- think she wants to be the Grand Inquisitor. I think she's looking at being Vader's apprentice or something along those lines. I think she's looking for something beyond. The Grand yeah, Inquisitor. Well, I mean, she is incredibly ambitious, so that doesn't seem very far from what could be going and on. And to be perfectly honest, who the hell wants to be the leader of these bunch of losers? Like, they fucking suck. Yeah, but also, knowing what we know, would you ever want to be Vader's apprentice? Oh, no. Well, you know what I mean, if that means that I'm Starkiller. No, 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 no. You're treated like Starkiller. Yeah, nah. <laughs> no thanks yeah no nah, I'm good he'll turn you into like the most badass person in the galaxy and then kill you but he'll clone you secretly put your memories into your new clone kill you again which was a mistake on Vader's behalf you know like putting the memories of the person who turned against you into the new clone that's that's amateur hour shit of course he's going to turn on you again yeah well you know can't, uh, can't all be wins <laughs> They can't all be with <laughs> But while we're on the topic of Reva, this is just a very quick aside. <laughs> we're entering the real world here. I just wanted to quickly touch on the the social media backlash that the actor for Reva has been getting, Moses Ingram. And I don't even want to call it backlash because it's not backlash because she hasn't really she hasn't done anything wrong. She's just been copying a lot of hate online. And it's fucking disgusting. Just because she's a black woman in Star Wars, she's getting death threats. People are messaging her, calling her a diversity hire. And like I said, like literally, literally sending her death threats. It's pretty fucking gross. And if anybody is listening to this, and I know that this is, you know, where nine episodes in and we probably have like five consistent listeners a week. But if anybody is listening to this and they think that that's okay, don't listen to our podcast because that's I don't want that kind of people to be associated with us. That's fucking gross. Grow very, up. Very well put, Rick. You tell them. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> I just wanted to put that out there. We are not on board with that. That's that's fucking horrendous. And the same thing with I know I'm swearing a lot here, but there is the explicit rating on this podcast. Um <laughs> the same thing with Rose Tico, uh, Kelly Marie Tran in The Last Jedi. I'm not the biggest fan of The Last Jedi. I'm not the biggest fan of Rose Tico as a character. But the fact that she got bullied off of social media, it really leaves a bad taste in your mouth just as far as, you know, I've been a Star Wars fan my entire life. I literally grew up watching Star Wars. And the fact that I am part of this group of people who have done this kind of thing, like I am a fan of, uh, the same as these fans that have done these kinds of things. I don't want to be associated with that. So I wanted to put it out there right now that we do not condone any of that. And 
we very much denounce that. It's just gross. It's gross behavior. Grow the fuck up and just enjoy Star Wars for what it is. The best goddamn thing that ever happened to us. Yeah, the greatest <laughs> franchise in the galaxy. But yeah, cool. Uh, thank you for humoring me. I just wanted to put I just wanted to put that on the record and say that just on behalf of the only pop culture podcast that yeah we don't stand with racism. <laughs> I feel like that's not a bold claim to make. No, but... you know what? We're gonna we're gonna put ourselves out there. We think <laughs> racism is bad. Yeah, we're really going out on a limb to say this, but unfortunately. That is still something that in this day and age still has to be said. So mm. we're, we're going to go out there and we're going to say that. But let's get back on to the topic of the show. I know that you want to talk about this. Let's talk about the safe house. Yeah, 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 yeah. Quinlan Voss, baby. <laughs> Quinlan Voss. Just another win for me as well. Yeah, look, I I forgot. I had like, when I was watching it, I was like, fuck, did Rick mention that in the last episode? But I was too excited to care, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just started thinking, like, oh my god, is he gonna is he gonna pop up? Oh my god! I feel I'm like so at excited. this point we're definitely getting Quinlan Voss, bro. You know what? If we don't, I don't want season two. I feel <laughs> like we'll be gypped if we don't see Quinlan Voss because we're going to Jabim, which is where the path is leading. Quinlan Voss was there in the safe house. We have to see him, and I I just want to say that not just me. Last week we were on one man because you also called out. Mustafa, we're going to see Mustafa. And I was like, oh, I don't know if we're going to see that, man. Like, I don't think we saw it in the in the trailers. I don't think we're going to see that. Yeah, no, I did. I, I, I remember watching it. I was just flexing. <laughs> <laughs> no one around, just no flexing one, at the no TV. No one was with me but myself, but I was just like, oh, yeah. I did it. I finally got one. Who did it? I did it. <laughs> So yeah, man, both of us, we felt, I think we both got big wins last week. Felt very good about yeah. myself. Mustafa for you, Quinlan Voss for me. I think, yeah, I'm I'm very proud of us, man. I think, you know, we're doing we're doing a really good job. Yeah, I know. It makes me feel like, yeah, we are actually allowed to be doing this podcast. You know? like <laughs> we do know what we're talking about. Yeah, we do make informed decisions. <laughs> <laughs> Only not, in this aspect. It's not entirely guesswork, you know, it's like what's it called when you um Educated guess. An educated That's guess. That's it, yeah. But yeah, we're we're doing all right. I mean I mean me more than you. But um Well, I'll put a bold prediction out for the rest of the series. If you say it's gonna be good again. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, this is, is Obi Wan will not die. Wow. And neither will Leia. Ooh. And neither will Owen Lars <laughs> or Darth Vader. That's four characters. Ooh. Guaranteed no death. <laughs> you heard it here first folks <laughs> alright so get back to me on the next one <laughs> but you know I could be wrong because they killed the Grand Inquisitor I don't think he's dead bro how is he not I don't like, think he's I don't think he's dead well like the the Inquisitor's just pulled up on Mapuzo like without him yeah he's he's recovering he's healing but he's not dead what by himself in, in... they're not gonna decanonize rebels man they better not, because I love that show. Unless, unless this is a different Grand Inquisitor. And if this is a different Grand Inquisitor, I just want to say that would be so funny because before Kenobi came out, people were rioting about the shape of the Grand Inquisitor's head. Yeah, and, and, and the color of him. And if this comes out as it was just a completely different person all along, I will shit myself with laughter. Because that would be so funny. God, I hope you're wrong about this. That's, <laughs> that's a bold prediction. <laughs> I don't think this is the case. My, my prediction is that he's going to be okay. He's going he's gonna to recover and he'll be back in action and he'll be the same Inquisitor that we see in Rebels. But I just think it would be hilarious if that was the case because people were so mad about it. Were so mad. I don't understand how they were so mad about that, but they were so cool with Cad Bane. I didn't think Cad Bane looked that bad, though. Well, you didn't watch enough of (laughs) Clone Wars or or Book of Boba Fett. So, you know. And then they just killed him. Yeah. 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 That was a bit sad, the way that Cad Bane went out. I would rather they just didn't bring him back. Yeah, but then you wouldn't have got that moment of hype. I know. But. I live for the hype. Yeah, but Cad Bane should not have been killed. He's pretty old at this point. He's got to die at some point. Yeah. By his own, bro. No one kills Cad Bane, okay? 
He well, fought. He fought Boba Jedi. Fett he fought so many Jedi. Yeah, and Boba Fett got him. <laughs> uh, we're not going to agree about that, so let's just move on. Let's talk about everyone's favorite villain, Vader. Reva. Oh, Reva. Shit. <laughs> shit. The fifth brother. <laughs> the fifth brother sucks. Last episode, I was like, oh, he seems like a pretty chill dude. I could have a drink with him. He yeah, but sucks. He can, yeah, but he can drift, okay? Yeah, <laughs> Tokyo drift. <laughs> <laughs> no, let's talk about Vader. Let's talk about his little stroll through the village. I mean, yeah, I was on edge the entire time. That quietly shitting was my pants. awful. That was so bad. And I say that in the best possible way. That was, I was on the edge of my seat the entire time. And wait, were you saying that it was bad? No, like the the fact that it was just like just awful to watch. Oh. I was I was shocked, man. When you know he's force choking. Yeah, we've seen that before. And then the kid walks out and he snaps the kid's neck. Yeah, <laughs> I I flinched in my seat. Oh, I was like, oh no. Jesus! I did not expect that at I all. I had a very similar reaction to what I just had. I kind of just chuckled to myself. I was just like, that's fucked. It was honestly. And I, <laughs> this is going to sound so stupid, especially because you just made the prediction that Obi-Wan's going to survive. But in their duel, when Vader was, you know, holding him up by the force, I was like, oh my God, is he going to snap his neck? And I felt... Like <laughs> 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 the instant that thought crossed my mind, I was like, you fucking idiot. Of course he's not going to snap his neck. Oh, that's but so it just popped funny. into my head because this is Vader. Like Vader is literally just strolling through his town, murdering innocent people, dragging an old lady behind him by the force just to lure Kenobi out. And I'm like, man, this is this is peak Vader. <laughs> oh my god, is Kenobi gonna die? <laughs> you're an idiot. I love you, but you're an idiot. Look, I was worried. I was worried for my boy, but look, <laughs> not my not my proudest moment. Definitely one of my dumbest. I love it when that happens, though. You it's know? just <laughs> you're watching a movie. Like, say, for example, you're watching, like, Infinity... Uh, you've watched Infinity War, but you're watching, like, Civil War. Yeah. And you just go, Iron Man just shot Captain America in the chest with a full blast. Is he dead? Is he going to be okay? Oh, jokes. I watched the movie come out, like, 10 years after. Yeah. I know he's going to be okay. <laughs> yeah. I, like I said, not my proudest moment, but I think that just speaks to the volumes to how sucked into the moment I actually was. Yeah. I was... Like I said, I was on the edge of my seat. From the moment Vader entered... Till the end of the episode, I was like holding my breath. <laughs> Good, it was insane. I was very similar to that, but I feel like I never think I've been—I wouldn't call it tricked, but I, yeah, duped into thinking that something was going to happen to a character that I know is going to be fine at the end of the story. Yeah, yeah. But I was still just like, I know Obi Wan's going to get messed up, but like, how is he going to get out of it? Yeah, you know, that's that's where more my head was at. I was like, obviously Vader's going to do something to him. But which he did, yeah. Which he did. boy did he <laughs> absolutely manhandled him. Order up. We got we got southern fried Kenobi. My goodness! And look, I wasn't expecting Kenobi to match Vader in a fight. He hasn't. He's you know he's been cut off from the force for nine years. He hasn't yeah, wielded his that, lightsaber. While Vader's been Jedi hunting just for fun. Exactly. But to the extent that which he just embarrassed him, just beat him down throughout the mining facility. Kenobi's running scared. He can barely stand up. I I wasn't expecting that showing, but I loved it. It was, to me, that was perfect, especially with the story that they're trying to tell so far that Kenobi's lost hope. Kenobi's cut himself off from the force. Yeah. He's, you know, he's miserable. He's just... He's just kind of going through the motions of saving Leia out of, you know, responsibility to bail. He doesn't want to be there. He doesn't want to be using the force. And then Vader shows up and he didn't even realize that Vader was alive. So it's kind of this this just culmination of terror and trauma and the fact that he's very out of practice and very rusty. Yeah. Of course he got absolutely brutalized. Like it was just perfect to me. I enjoyed it thusly. Yeah. <laughs> Again, I hated watching Kenobi getting beat down, but yeah, it was done really, really well. I just didn't 
really appreciate how he got away. Why? Because he was just throwing everyone around with the force yep. for fun. And then there was a little bit of fire and suddenly it's like the force, like he just couldn't reach him with the force anymore. Okay. I'm so glad you brought this up because I have thoughts on this. Because I was just, what, that he's like scared of fire because of Mustafa or something? No, absolutely not. <laughs> I was going to say, don't ever say that to me because no. you're an idiot. No, I'm not going to, I'm not going to put that out there. My... So there has been a lot of talk on the internet of like, oh, why didn't Vader just get him? You know, like he already proved that he could put the fire out with the force. He did that literally 30 seconds beforehand. Yeah. You know, why he, he could have just jumped over the fire and gotten Kenobi again. He's clearly, like, there, there's two things here. Two thoughts that I'm going to put out there. First one, he's already told Kenobi that he wants to make him suffer. Oh, yeah. Right. He didn't want this to end quickly. He's not concerned with Kenobi getting away because my thoughts are that it's Vader. He's super arrogant. He knows that he's going to track down Kenobi again and he's just going to make him suffer again. That's embarrassing that he hasn't though. What? Well, actually, I just suppose there's more, more of the show to come out. But, you know, like he's like, he's hell arrogant. He's like kind of just letting him get away. And then he doesn't see him until he looks like Alec Guinness. Well, the show hasn't finished yet. So let's no, I know, you know, give him show, a chance. Give him I a know, chance. But the show only goes for what? Three more episodes. Three more episodes, yeah. The other thought that I've had with that is that he knows that Kenobi's got help. There's the possibility that he's using this as a way to find other Jedi. I like that better. I like that a lot better than the first one. So for those of you that are out there complaining, I'm just <laughs> just attacking the fan base at the moment. No, you know what? Fuck them. <laughs> we don't need you. <laughs> for those of you that are out there complaining about, oh, why didn't Vader just get him? He could have stopped him at any point in time. There's logical reasons why he didn't stop him. You're just thinking at the basic level. So, you know, be a better human. Yeah, that's right. I was with you about 20 seconds ago. I've changed teams, fools. You're idiots. <laughs> <laughs> Literally just insulting the fan base at this point. <laughs> I was fully against you until that last one. I was like, oh, Rick is so right. These guys are so stupid. <laughs> and it turns out that our mums are the only people that listen to this. Yeah, well, <laughs> so well, take that, mum. Yeah, mum. You don't even watch Star Wars. You think Leia is Padme and Padme is Leia. Oh, disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, to me, that whole ending segment the battle between kenobi and vader vader's portrayal it really captured that essence of why vader was you know like as far as the imperial soldiers concerned was a legend and as far as the rebels are concerned why he was like a nightmare because it was terrifying rogue one hallways yeah like him just you know (laughs) vader sneaking through the minefield of not the minefield the the mining facility even though, you know, he's glowing and breathing incredibly heavy, still able to sneak up on Kenobi. Just, yeah, literally nightmare fuel. And I can see why people would be scared. I was going to say that that made me uncomfortable watching it because I was just like, as if Darth Vader's not like the worst person to sneak up on you. Oh, yeah. But then like, it wasn't like a jump scare moment, but when like Obi-Wan turned around or whatever, he was like right there. I was just like, how the fuck did he do that? (laughs) I I know the force works in mysterious ways and shit. Dude, he but, was just holding his but breath. But does he put himself on mute or what? Like, he was literally just holding his breath. He had his cape in front of his buttons <laughs> and he was holding his breath. I wouldn't put it past him. Could you imagine seeing that from a third party perspective? <laughs> <laughs> Vader sneaking up on someone. Just Tiptoeing. Going, what the fuck is going on? Because Vader's tall as well. He's like, what? He's like seven, six. seven foot. Is he seven foot? Something like that. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah, he's a big I boy. I thought he was like six, six. All right, get in the paint. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, for my Imperial Basketball League, <laughs> the Empire, yeah, Vader's taken center. Yeah, the Empire drafts Anakin Skywalker, aka Darth Vader, the number one draft pick out of Tatooine. <laughs> God damn. That'd be so funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, literally, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty certain. I'll double check it, but I'm pretty certain that he's seven foot tall. <laughs> Palpatine was just like, make him taller. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, yeah, you know, he's good with the force. And I, I like the way that he uses his lightsaber, but he could be a little bit taller. <laughs> yeah, he really gets posted up on her. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't like the way he protects the rim. <laughs> The outer rim. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So 
I've been doing a lot of thinking about Obi-Wan, which isn't out of the ordinary. I spend a lot of my time thinking about Obi-Wan, but... Yes, people, it is as weird as it sounds. (laughs) In doing all of this thinking, I've compiled a bit of a list of the most important slash influential moments of Obi-Wan's life. So I'm going to run through that. I've got a top seven here of Obi-Wan moments. Number seven is the Battle of Utapau. This is where Obi-Wan flies to Utapau to fight General Grievous. Ending the war. Ending the war and also starting Order 66. And this isn't necessarily the biggest moment for Kenobi. It's obviously it's a big moment as far as the war is concerned. The reason I put this in there is because I just like that time where Obi-Wan gets to shine. You know, we talked about it in the last episode that Obi-Wan was kind of poster boy 1B to Anakin as far as the Clone Wars was concerned. But this was Obi-Wan going out because Obi-Wan was hand-selected by the council because he's the one that we think is going to be the best one to fight Grievous. I was going to say, you got to remember that the only reason that Anakin was the poster boy was because Palpatine made it that way. Yeah, and he's also, you know, the daring, most powerful Jedi in the galaxy. No, he was, but what I'm saying is like, Palpatine wanted Anakin to come across as like the hero so that everyone would get around him so that when, you know, the fall of the Jedi came and Anakin was still there. But Anakin's not there. Yeah, it obviously didn't work. (laughs) But that's why he was doing it, Mm. you know? Anakin doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, but Lord Vader does, so whatever. (laughs) Yeah, but it's a secret. Apparently not. (laughs) Well, not if you ask Reva. All right. (laughs) Number six. Number six is the lightsaber duel on the Death Star with Darth Vader. And the reason I've picked this is this is obviously Obi-Wan after we have the Kenobi series. This is, he's grown. He's obviously rekindled some hope. He's no longer the, the broken, beaten down man in Tatooine. He is someone who has, you know, he's he's rekindled that fire. He's he's started training Luke. He's realized what his purpose in life is. He's, he's kind of realized that potential and that purpose as well. And he's ready to go. And the, the line from this that I that I picked as kind of like the big moment here is the You can't win, Darth. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. And the reason I picked that is because it just it just shows Kenobi's understanding of the Force beyond that of Vader's, and that he's again he's ready to go and he's ready to to move into that next stage of his life. But it's kind of that closing of the book for Obi Wan as well. So that's my number six moment. No, I like that moment. I probably would have put it higher up on the list, but we'll see what's yet to come. Okay, number five. This is uh, from the Clone Wars season two of the Clone Wars. This is the Mandalore arc. In season two, this is where we're introduced to Duchess Satine, the love of Obi-Wan Kenobi's life. Again, should be higher. If only it was me. (laughs) Oh my God. Somehow get a room. (laughs) But this is where we get the iconic line. All right. Had you said the word, I would have left the Jedi Order. Which is just heartbreaking. This is, you know, Obi-Wan has left the Jedi Council. Well, not left the Jedi Council. He's on a mission to protect Duchess Satine. And Duchess Satine being the love of his life, it's kind of a bit of an awkward, awkward position for him. But you can tell that they're just meant to be together, but they just couldn't because of, you know, her devotion to politics and his devotion to the Jedi Order. It's very much a Padme and Anakin that just didn't go so horribly horribly wrong well i mean it goes wrong (laughs) it doesn't end in like you know galaxy altering yeah i was gonna say let's not say it ends well (laughs) the world just doesn't get completely flipped yeah well that's it like it doesn't alter the entire galaxy when it goes wrong (laughs) obi-wan's a bit more level-headed than that altered my galaxy (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it shook my world. He's crying in the shower. <laughs> he didn't. He didn't deserve that. Neither did she. So, <laughs> so season two, the Mandalore arc, Obi Wan, and anything with Obi Wan and Satine is fantastic. It's it. It gives you so much insight to Obi Wan as a character and his flaws as a Jedi. Because a lot of the times, Obi Wan is kind of 
portrayed as the poster boy of the Jedi. Like he is what the ideal Jedi is supposed to be. But this is where you get to see that actually Obi-Wan actually has quite a few attachments himself, that he's he's not necessarily acting on these attachments, but they're definitely still there. Number four is the Rebels episode, Twin Sons. This is the ending of the Obi-Wan and Darth Maul story. Darth Maul tracks down Obi-Wan to Tatooine. Spoil- I should say spoiler alert for all of these, actually. <laughs> if you haven't watched the Star Wars no, movies... No, 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 Rebels finished, okay? Rebels finished, like, what, 2019? Yeah, but there might be people out there that haven't gotten around to watching it yet. Tough. <laughs> yeah, on you. Yeah. Right, I'd take that no, back. You know Again, if fuck the if, fans. <laughs> if some, no, if something's been out for a year... If something's been out for a year... It's not a spoiler. Yeah, okay. It's right. not. It's on you guys. It's on you. Be better. Again. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Please keep listening to our podcast. Yeah, we love you. We love you very much and we appreciate you. But at the same time, <laughs> be better. All right. So, yeah, Twin Sun. So, Darth Maul tracks down Obi-Wan to Tatooine. And they have a little, I don't know, bit of a fireside chat. It's not a friendly chat at by any means. It wasn't hostile either until... Maul realizes why he's there. Yeah, well, Maul, Maul draws his saber. He's there. He's there to kill Kenobi because that's Maul's lifelong goal at that point. But it doesn't escalate until a battle. Until Maul realizes that Obi Wan's there to protect Luke, and it's a really cool line. And it's really cool that Obi Wan doesn't spring into action until Darth Maul makes that realization. Where it's that oh, he's here to protect someone. Oh, you have a purpose here. Perhaps you are protecting something. No, protecting someone. And that's when Obi-Wan's like, all right, shit, okay, I've got to do something about this because if Maul finds, o- if, if Maul finds Luke, then that's going to be some real bad shit. You know what I really want Star Wars to do? I want, I want them to do a What If series. What would you include in that? Well, like, what if... Um, what if Maul beat Kenobi on Tatooine? No. Well, like, what if Anakin beat Obi-Wan on Mustafar? Oh, yeah. And so, like, yeah. then, so then, like, the Empire was built with a prime Anakin. Okay. All right. So, this is a tangent, and we'll get back to the list in a second. But there is a game that was on the PS2, and I don't know if you ever played this. It was Revenge of the Sith... It was the Revenge of the Sith, like official game. Yeah, the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you could play as Anakin and win. Well, it was a light. It was basically like it was just a lightsaber dueling game. Yeah, you know, so you'd go out and you'd fight some droids, and then you'd fight a boss at the end of it, whatever it is. Like just a classic sort of like hack and slash game. Yeah. But yeah, you had the opportunity to play the game again after you'd completed it and play as Anakin and beat Obi Wan. And the way that it ends is Sidious still flies to Mustafar to pick him up. Anakin walks up there. And Sidious presents him with his new lightsaber, his new red-bladed lightsaber, which Anakin then proceeds to kill Sidious with. And Anakin then declares himself the Emperor. See? That's cool. Put that on the screen. Yeah. I mean, it's it's literally like, it's like a 20-second clip. Um, yeah, it's a like, bit of a glimpse into that. But like, like, especially if they animate it, they could do like, what if Qui-Gon Jinn trained Anakin? Yeah. You know, it's just stuff like that. Yeah. What if Obi-Wan didn't die on the Death Star and continue to train Luke? Yeah, yeah. Would it have gone as badly as it did with Anakin? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, you know, it's just like, it doesn't have to, like, it, it doesn't have to be long. You know, it can yeah. just be like short, short episodes, like 20, 30 minute episodes. Yeah. Uh, I think it'd be so cool. And I think. Well, second time in two weeks that we're shouting out Kevin Feige, Kevin Feige, not Kevin Feige, Dave Filoni, if you're Jesus listening. Christ, <laughs> Dave Filoni, if you're listening, get onto it. And, you know, yeah. make sure you hit us up with the credits as well. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> so, yeah, so that was number four, Twin Sons, the, the final battle between Obi-Wan and Maul. And number three is the Shadow Conspiracy arc of season five of The Clone Wars, which is the death of Satine. This is... Darth Maul, again, Darth Maul and Obi-Wan, very intertwined throughout the uh, the Star Wars canon. Darth Maul, to enact his revenge on Obi-Wan, ends up killing the love of Obi-Wan's life. It was so good, though. And for anybody who hasn't watched Rebels or Clone Wars because it's a cartoon and they think it's for kids, 
I would say just watch it <laughs> because it's fantastic. The storytelling is incredible and you're missing out on some great, great bits of canon. And this, again, a lot of a lot of my moments where I pick from my TV shows are like, ah, oh, this is my favorite part. It's the part where it's depressing or horrifying or, you know, yeah, just <laughs> earth shattering. But this, yeah, this was definitely one of the biggest moments of the entire Clone Wars series and obviously a formative moment in Kenobi's life because he's just lost the love of his life. He's having to deal with that and how he responds to that as well is, yeah, it's just obviously crucial to who Obi-Wan Kenobi is as a Jedi and as a person. Number two, Duel of the Fates. Mm. Obviously, Obi-Wan loses his, a lot of loss in Obi-Wan's life. Very sad, very sad life actually. Obi-Wan loses his master, Qui-Gon, one of the greatest Jedi of the time and one of the best teachers in the Jedi Order and is then, <laughs> I don't want to say blackmailed, emotionally manipulated into taking on Anakin as his Padawan. Yeah. I don't want, I don't want to put that on Qui-Gon because I do like Qui-Gon. No, nah, but, but he did. Yeah, he absolutely on did. On his, his dying words... Train the boy. Yeah, not, Obi-Wan, I'm so proud of you. Well done. You know, good work on defeating Maul. Just, yeah, hey, dude, I know that I was like, you know, an hour ago saying that I'm going to get rid of you for Anakin. Can you actually train him for me? Like. I'd really appreciate it. Bit of a dick move from Qui-Gon. Okay, you're getting a bit out of line there. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> if you don't think Pipe. that emotionally manipulating someone is a dick move. <laughs> Pipe down, Rick. Talking about a hero. <laughs> Um, but yeah, obviously, obviously a big moment that changed a lot of things for Obi Wan. That's that's when he took on Anakin as a Padawan, and well, you know, we've just spent the last hour or so talking about how that went, and it didn't go super well. So, yeah, a very important moment in Obi Wan's life. And number one, do you want to try and guess what number one is? I feel like it's pretty obvious. I don't know. Is it when he's a Force ghost? Yeah, no. It's it's when he's on Hoth and he's telling Luke to go to Dagobah. No. <laughs> no, the most important moment in Obi-Wan's life is, of course, Revenge of the Sith, the Battle on Mustafar, the Battle of the Heroes. Oh, I thought... Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, my bad. <laughs> I thought, yeah... I was like, oh, he already said that. I was like, no, yeah. I definitely didn't say that. Yeah, no, my full bad. <laughs> I was wondering, like, why the hell is he thinking about this for so long? <laughs> yeah, because in my head, I was like, he's already said that. Why would he say that again? Yeah, how could that possibly not be number one? I don't know. I, <laughs> I didn't agree with half your list, but that's fine. Wow. Okay, that's rude. Well, I just feel like, you know, at least one of the Obi-Wan and Satine things should have been top three. It was. Oh, the death one was. Yeah. I Are you even listening to me? <laughs> no, I would have. I would have had it the other way around. What yeah. the the introduction of Satine Hire? Yeah. Uh, nah, disagree. And it's my, you know what? Do your own list, dude. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Maybe I will. <laughs> but yeah, obviously, yeah, Mustafar. That's where we get uh, the final battle. Well, not the final battle. Well, the final battle between Obi Wan and Anakin before he becomes Darth Vader, essentially. But yeah, it's heartbreaking. I every time I watch that final scene where Anakin is burning on the the lava banks and Obi Wan is shouting at him, the whole "You're my brother, Anakin. I loved you." I die a little bit every time I hear that. But I continually watch it because it's a great movie. Yeah, <laughs> I love I love to get hurt. <laughs> Boy, am I suffering for some pain? But yeah, it's I love it. I love. It's just the, the the jewel itself. I I to me it's the best jewel in all of Star Wars. It's the combination of the most emotional and the most, you know, like optically pleasing. I couldn't think of a better word to say, but like visually just pleasing. visually visually pleasing, aesthetically, aesthetically pleasing. pleasing. They're they're better words to use. It just yeah, it it captures me in every single way like the other jewels don't. I don't know, bro. Did you not watch uh, Kylo versus Ray on like the fallen star, a fallen Death Star? I did. <laughs> best, <laughs> best thing I've ever seen in my life. No, my my statement still stands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, let's the there's there's a lot of flaws in the sequels. What? And the lightsaber jewels are one of them. 
I'm just going to say that and I'll leave it at that because I'm not going to talk about the sequels right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, look, the Mustafa battle, it's my favorite, probably my favorite scene in all of Star Wars. The, the lightsaber, I mean, look, as a kid, I fell in love with Star Wars because of the Force and the lightsabers. I'm pretty sure Attack of the Clones battle on Geonosis is what got me hooked on Star Wars. Yeah, that's pretty hype. Of <laughs> Kit Fisto, everyone's favorite Kit Fisto. I love that they fleshed him out in Clone Wars. I know. <laughs> I don't understand why he was Jamaican. <laughs> yeah, bold choice. <laughs> I don't understand Is why. Is it because he has like tentacles that look like dreads? And they were like, I think so. Honestly, well, I like, think so. They're like, oh, I've got it. <laughs> yeah, perfect. <laughs> but yeah, that's my list of top Obi-Wan moments, the most important moments in Obi-Wan's life as far as I'm concerned. So let me know what you think. If you've got any thoughts... Hit us up on socials. I'd love to hear it. Robbie disagrees, but we don't care about his opinions right now. I only care about yours. So let us know. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right. So we'll end it up there. We've done, again, a lot of talking about Obi-Wan. My favorite, the love of my life, Obi-Wan. The second love of my life, I should say. Oof. Number two. <laughs> Number 1B. <laughs> yeah, good save, buddy. Obi-Wan good is save. always 1B. Good save. <laughs> uh, but yeah, look, again, thank you so much for listening. As I said at the start of the episode, if you haven't already, please subscribe. Make sure you're following us wherever you get your podcasts from. And again, leave us a review. Leave us a rating. Uh, five stars only, please. Again, helps us out a lot helps other people to find us, which just means that we can spend more time making these podcasts because people are listening and we feel like it's validating our time. Also like us on socials, the only pop culture pod on Instagram and Facebook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every week we're putting up a picture of our cocktails. I'm actually thinking that I might start putting the recipes up there because I'm just posting a picture of the cocktails that we're drinking. So maybe people might like to drink one. So if you are interested, again, if you are interested in, in the recipes of the cocktails, let me know. Like I said, I'm not an expert, but I'm working on it. I'm getting there. I'm trying my best. So, you know, give it a crack. Let me know what you think of the cocktail itself. But I think that's it. Is there anything else you wanted to say? We're going to be recording uh, an episode about our favorite force users. Yeah. This is the episode that um, we were supposed to record, but Robbie didn't show up to. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So we're actually getting around to doing that. So if any, if you did hear that and we were, you know, we, we kind of teased that we're going to be doing our favorite force users, light side and dark side, that is going to be coming very shortly as well. Yeah, I'm actually very excited to do that one. Yeah, I've been waiting for this one. I'm actually, I've had my list ready to go. I'm quite excited to do this. Yeah, I've had I've had my, my Sith list for a while, um, but I then realized that I didn't have enough of one and I had too many of the other. Yeah, so you're saying that you had eight Jedi and six Sith? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we've proven multiple times that Matt is not our strong suit, so that's okay. We can let no, that slide for now. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> anyway yeah join us next next week we'll probably be talking about kenobi but that list is definitely coming very very soon so keep keep following us keep subscribed and yeah that'll be a fun one where we're really looking forward to that one but yeah join us again next week where we talk about kenobi yeah all right catch you later bye mom bye.